0: Hey everyone, my name is Patrick Akil and for today's episode, we cover developer advocacy. We go over kind of what the role is and I didn't even know how broad it was in the first place, but my guest Nikolai Parlog laid out exactly what he's doing over at Oracle and it's a great match for him. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy. Welcome to Beyond Coding, a dive into the world of successful people in IT. From your sponsors Zebia, creating digital leaders. Here's your host, Patrick Akil. Hey Nikolai. Hey. How's it going? Fine, thank you. How awesome. are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming on in uh, in real life as well. Yeah. Cuz uh, people probably don't know we could have done this remote. Uh, what's this remote
1: thing you're talking about yeah no exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) in person is way better right yeah you uh you came all the way from germany and the first thing we did is we put you in a studio put a mic in front of you
1: yes and and locked out the good weather so when i'm out it's going to be dark nice
0: thank you Yeah, exactly beautiful (laughs) but i i invited you on because i think you have one of the coolest jobs that is out there right now and it's the developer advocacy job or role or title i guess um i've talked to a lot of people that have that Mm kind of role And a lot of people do different things so kind of could you explain to us what's your day like in that developer
1: advocacy role let's start with that what's my day like okay so um my day like i'm a very unstructured person when Mm. it comes to how i work yeah Uh, i have a strong tendency to procrastinate and avoid work (laughs) so much of my process is structured around that um but yeah, so I can probably, like, it. there's not a good average day. I can tell you, look, I can tell you how to do, how to do a newscast, right? We do That's this good. newscast every other week. And uh, that usually means, uh, so I want to cover something that happened recently in yeah. the Java ecosystem. And I want to uh, do a video about it between five and ten minutes. Usually just the one topic, maybe two. Yeah. And uh, mostly I'm going to talk through some technical stuff. I'm not going to do any live coding, but there will be code on screen for people to like, okay, so that's what he's talking about and to yeah. see that. And so that starts with like on Monday, I try to pick a topic usually. Mm. So that sometimes takes a while, right? It's not always something interesting happening or something that's obviously interesting. Yeah. And you think you can make pretty uh, a lot of things interesting because I'm usually very enthusiastic about them and that that works well. But it just sometimes takes a while to find the thing that you know that that works well because sometimes it's very obvious there's a cool new thing that happened some some change will, was announced that just like i'm super eager to talk about <laughs> yeah um, but sometimes it's like okay nothing of those things you know that doesn't happen every week or every other week yeah so i want to pick something else um to find something that, that i care about enough because like i don't want to present something that i find boring exactly so I have to search a little bit and so that that sometimes takes a little bit of monday and then i start scripting and maybe even then on tuesday as well and so there's a difference between what i would like to do the, okay. the schedule to look like what it actually looks like <laughs> ideally monday would be like searching and styling the script tuesday yeah. would be finishing it and then doing the recording which takes between one and two hours yeah and then wednesday would be like editing and doing like the rough cut which is just like putting the good parts behind one another which like the minimal amount of edits just so you'd see okay it works overall. The the structures yeah. there but then like there's no panning and there is no zooming there is no asset on screen which no shows the code it's, it's like it's, yeah it's just like the rough version of a, of a video yeah, the outline exactly and then ideally that's done by Wednesday like middle of the day and then mm-hmm. I can spend the next uh Wednesday afternoon and Tuesday uh, Thursday sorry just like you know putting all the nice stuff to make it more interesting maybe have a joke here or there and like um, to, um do all of that and then by Thursday afternoon, it's done. But that's not always how it goes. Sometimes yeah. on Monday morning, I just have, I don't know, a bunch of emails to answer or just I really don't want to work. So I I don't know, I do something else. I participate in open source projects or yeah. I can always write uh, like like a blog post. So there's always other stuff that I can do that is not the newscast. Yeah. And sometimes I start late. I don't get my my script done by tuesday even then on wednesday <laughs> like i have to start recording in the afternoon like more than once actually yeah uh on thursday i was like okay if i like if i just can't finish Sorry, on wednesday i just can't finish on thursday i'm just gonna work into the night so the longest one i worked until 4 a.m yeah uh Man, because, that sounds, it sounds very free free flow right does it yeah do you think it comes with the role kind
0: of the developer advocacy role because i don't think every developer advocate makes video
1: content like you do yeah well i i I think it's hard to say it's not and then you can have like a structured job and be a content creator that just does this like nine to five with a good structure like coming like like a regular desk job so i think it's less of a matter like what you're doing it's more of a way like like what your personality is and mine Mm. is just like and i'm not that's not a good thing actually like i would (laughs) i would love to have this more like a structured approach to be able to get up at you know to go into my office at nine and be like okay now i'm gonna sit down and do the thing do the task that's in front of me i'm just gonna do that and that's not the person I am. So that's why it's sometimes very challenging to get everything that i want to do yeah. into the time that i have and but there are other times where i'm like like for example this episode i was like oh there's this other stuff that i really want to talk about but i can't like i can't also put it in the episode yeah. it's just going to be too long <laughs> i'm just going to write like a blog post in the same three days where i'm already recording an entire, an entire video so i'm going to crank that out as well like i'm you know going to stay up late because you know i want to i want to get that out because i find it interesting yeah so it's, it's just it's just where i am it has two sides on this specific coin it's a trade-off uh, right yeah I mean,
0: you if you see an opportunity you're probably going to go for it yeah and and hit a home run yeah and the people that are more planned they would plan it and it would get its own time basically
1: yeah so i really think it's not that much a matter of um of 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 what you're doing like you can develop like that as well right like as a developer you can also like burn the midnight oil and be like look over the like during the day all, all these meetings and nothing gets done so let me start working at i don't know 6 p.m all the way until midnight yeah some people do that as well so i think it's not that much bound to what specifically you're doing but what kind of you know work structure you prefer and what helps though or what not what what what, what furthers this uh, kind of chaotic work process is of course that much of that is not uh coordinated with other people yeah so if you have coordinate, you have to kind of be awake when they're awake and work exactly. when they work yeah. um well since also of the problem that most of the people i work with are in the us they're also time zone split yeah. there but that aside since I don't have to coordinate a whole lot, basically from I have this idea to it's done, like no nobody cares as exactly. long as, as long as I have a good good episode in the end, nobody's gonna be like, Well, you know, you can't say that or you can't <laughs> have that topic. It's so in your hands. yeah, all yeah, right. So like that means I don't have to coordinate. I can just work whenever, which is once again it's a good thing because it gives you the freedom, but it's also a bad thing because it gives you the freedom. <laughs> it doesn't give you any structure. It's not like, well, you yeah. know, I wanna check what the topic is by Monday. 4 p.m my time yeah if that were the case then you know i would have to have something done by monday 4 p.m exactly but uh since the deadline seems to be thursday afternoon i can always like delay a make bit. it happen I have so much time i can <laughs> delay a bit more and then you know and then do crunch time so yeah
0: like, i guess it's like a deadline from school basically yeah sound exactly. like me actually yeah <laughs> but uh how much development do you still do like how much hands-on code yeah you've talked about like strategizing right scripting editing yeah. filming all that stuff I'm yeah just coding then
1: Yeah, so that's actually uh, a drawback. So much like I, based like, I don't have to do any coding, right? Mm -hmm. Like technically speaking, I could just do all the writing and 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 video editing and going to conferences without ever writing a single line of code. Just have to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Which (laughs) you know, of course, like it's probably not great because it really helps to write code if you don't talk about coding. So that's basically stuff I do on my own time or on the side. Like as um, I'm working on a on a. on a jnet extension project okay so i do some open source work there and i generally try to stream on twitch Mm -hmm. once a week and the goal there is like when i started streaming because i watched other people do that i was like hey that's interesting uh the only thing i can do is java so let's do that (laughs) right so i was just gonna (laughs) code on stream once a week like sometimes twice like if uh my family takes uh some some of the weekend off and they're visiting yeah. Um, my my parents in law, for example, I have the whole flat to myself. I'm like, okay, let's do a Saturday stream. That's my that's my idea of a, yeah. of a fun holiday alone at home. I'm like, okay, let's do like a six hour stream, <laughs> just coding. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's fun, and that's those are the phases I actually do a lot of coding. Nice. And then also recently, um, I'm not sure what I can say that though. Mm. I've been done. I've been doing a lot of uh, JavaScript coding because I've I have my own blog that's uh, written in Gatsby, which is based on React, so that's yeah. a lot of JavaScript. And uh, then I wrote like. I routinely now apparently i don't know why come up with ideas they need a website so (laughs) i have one that's called the java ecosystem map i wrote a website for that Um, my wife had the problem that she didn't uh she needed a calendar to coordinate with her colleagues and the outlook calendar didn't do the trick and she never asked me to she had calendar, to make this solution, which is probably the reason why she's not using it, that's, <laughs> ala- that's hilarious. <laughs> but I still did it because I had fun doing it. yeah I did a, a website called St- uh, Stream of Java yeah. uh, because at the time when I started streaming, uh, there was one other guy who, who streamed. Uh, it's called Jitter Ted. Yeah. Ted Young, I think is the last name. Um, so he's like he's been consistently streaming for years now. Yeah. And then I started a little bit of Java, and then some a few other people started. We're trying to kind of band it together to figure out like how can we help one another. Yeah. So like a good place we have like a central website where everybody puts the streaming schedule and everybody exactly. can, oh like what, what, when is the new Java streamer online Oh, there's, it's Tuesday evening. That guy's online. Oh, it's Thursday evening. That guy's streaming. So let's go there and watch. By the time I had the website done, a couple of the new streamers already stopped and Ted was like, my Good, goodness. I don't even know when I stream until the very day so I can put a schedule in there. I'm like, oh <laughs> crap, I built another project nobody needs. Yeah. But the point is they're all websites and I like I just enjoy the the process of writing code uh, with, with Gatsby or with his React components because yeah. it feels a lot like like just regular coding right you have like what i would call as a java developer a class There's a component like a bounded context that yeah. has some state going in and then you like you you show how it what it looks like yeah you interact you know if there's some user interaction you have this specific state handling it looks this is a very interesting way for me to uh to code and if i put in typescript i actually get you know type information which once exactly. as a java developer is really really helpful to me <laughs> so what i've been coding a lot is just Pages, websites apparently in yeah, Gatsby always.
0: They always have kind of a start, right? Like a problem you're trying to solve. And once yeah. they're done, you're like, ah, oh, use it now, please. <laughs> depending on if they use it or not. Yeah. But it's it's very cool because a lot of developers work on this long project, right? Might not even go live, but yeah. you you know your customers, you know the problem. You just build a quick website or yeah. whatever application to solve it.
1: I wouldn't so, call them customers though. No, no, uh, no. no I I mean, get they're users. They're your users. They're <laughs> yeah, your users okay. yeah.
0: Or potential users yeah, because true.
1: they might not influence Yeah, using exactly. It.
0: But it yeah. sounds really cool.
1: Yeah. And that's fun, right? That's that's the, the reason why I didn't know half of these projects is yeah. because it it was a fun new way to program. And uh, so, yeah, actually, now I'm decent at that. I don't know how, but I actually, I, look, I can even in CSS right now, I could center a diff. like right, man. Right now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I, like, I wouldn't have expected that of myself like two or three years ago. I, just, yeah. I never planned, like much of my career, I never planned to learn these things. And I just, I just found interest in them yeah. and then put in the time. Because I was interested, and then I learned them, and then now you, I know some of those. Do you things. learn them on the stream as well? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, and like That's very, very think. often there are people there know much more than I do. That's amazing. Like yeah. sometimes I'm streaming. Well, not sometimes. It depends on the topic. Yeah, but. <clears throat> So I stream more on the topics that I know more about, which is not so much a, a planning decision. It's more like what happens, like the uh, the, the extension project called Janet Pioneer that I just mentioned. Uh, I'm one of the maintainers, and I just wanted to maintain it. I didn't have time on my schedule, so yeah. I you know combined that with streaming. So naturally, I know more than about Janet Pioneer than most other people. Exactly. But I often stream about other stuff, and I think like if you just count topics, not how long I streamed them, but just the topics, then yeah. I think most of the topics that I stream about. At least some person one person chat knows more than I do. Yeah. And the cool thing is that they will often share that, right? They're not sitting there like, ha, lol, you fool. <laughs> and that's it. They'll be like, Hey, tr- try this. Or uh like I can even outsource tasks to them. I can like I okay, run into a roadblock. Yeah. I'm like, oh crap, like I would have to look that up in documentation, but I'm not sure what to do. You know what? Hey, maybe somebody knows or can look it up. Let me do this thing instead. That's really cool. And yeah. sometimes it happens. I'm like, yeah, this is the answer. They give me a link in chat. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. So and then I can just and that's amazing, right? It's kind of a weird way of mob programming. I agree. Yeah, and with- uh, uh, yeah it is yeah. and uh, that, that's a lot of fun so that's really really cool and I can actually not just they like help me with simple things <laughs> like for example with TypeScript uh I struggle with how to do certain things and they actually like help you know though this is this is how this works in TypeScript and yeah. and this is so like I'm so impressed by that because they have to force all their thoughts to that stupid little twitch chat window oh, yeah <laughs>
0: I think it's very frustrating because they yeah. probably have a lot of thoughts yeah. and then they need to type and they're pretty slow
1: yeah and yeah. then also like twitch like it doesn't format right like if you put in line breaks it oh, removes yeah. them you have nothing of you cannot put anything in bold or whatever like if if twitch chat had Markdown, hey you know what yeah that sounds like a plug-in Make yeah it <laughs> Make it because happen. you know people sh- people show that you can inc- incorporate twitch chat into your stream right yeah. like on screen i on always screen. thought about doing that or not like well what would be the benefit right most mm. people see it on the side some benefit is that some people just watch full screen yeah. and then they can't read the chat so that would be one benefit for them to have the chat on screen but it doesn't feel like a big enough benefit to give up all that screen estate because you know there's things going on, on 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 the screen already yeah and giving up like i don't know like a third of the screen for chat is that's a know, lot you know you're not, not going to reuse state. that space but what i could you do if i would just parse the messages as markdown yeah you could actually that buy- could be that could be the next idea. Yeah. But if we bring
0: <laughs> it if we bring it back to kind of the developer advocacy role, yeah. right? Yumi already chatted before the show mm-hmm. and I I think it's my perception. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's because I'm in this space now, but I think it's growing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot more developer yeah. advocates out there I've talked to a lot. Yeah. Why do you think organizations want more developer advocacy? Yeah within their organization in the first place
1: yeah so first of all i'm not sure about the growing part no you <laughs> said that yeah I, it's my perception yeah <laughs> so the, the thing is this that um so i can i could for example give the specific example um of oracle the company that i'm working on right, on right now at yeah. right now uh so you know big corporations they restructure stuff sure and a couple of years ago i can't put a date to it right now um, they decided that they don't need that many Java developer advocates anymore and they left like a huge part of the team go. Okay. So at least in that specific instance, you would not call that a growing field. <laughs> exactly. They were cut uh, off. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure how it evolves overall, but you know, like since tech becomes more and more important, you would guess that you know more and more people work in tech, and then if even if just let's pick a random number 0.1% of the yeah. people working in that field would all be developer advocates. That number would already be growing in absolute numbers without it becoming a bigger share. But so mm-hmm. to the point why that happens, um, I think like companies have different motivations and different departments in the same company can have different motivations. Sure. Right? Maybe uh, the sales team just wants you to show how great your product is. Okay. But yeah. maybe uh, human resources it's a terrible term but anyway i don't think there's a better translation <laughs> the team. yeah the, exactly yeah. i think what uh, what they maybe want to do is like hey you want to show off how cool the company is right yeah so for example this is a great place to just walk in right so that's like a benefit of that of people come in here and be like wow hi it's pretty neat i imagine exactly. working here is pretty cool uh so like so you're doing different different tasks basically for different internal needs mm. sometimes aimed at the same people sometimes at the different people so for example if you think like you know what would be good so let's say you have a, a developer-facing product like yeah. an IDE or something, some API or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what you want to have probably is uh, you want to make developers aware that this thing exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to tell them how cool it is. Yeah. Uh, you want them to ideally get involved, like you know, giving you feedback. Maybe they can start contributing. You want to have them as a community, and these are all technically different things that you want them but a developer advocate can you know more or less do all of them just by the same thing just like being at a conference for example giving a presentation on that topic fulfills a couple of those things already yeah so i think it's like a pretty amorphous task a set of tasks that's not easy to, to just like say okay this is developer advocacy and that's it yeah so i think it's not that it's not that easy to say what exactly motivates different companies i can say well i'm doing it i'm doing it because uh, oracle uh, drives much of the development behind java yeah and that's it's it's not enough to just do it it also helps to talk about it so people exactly. know what
0: happens and people see it yeah.
1: exactly and i've been doing that as a hobby for years and basically like last year they were like hey do you want to do it for a living and so that's a good they, match yeah, <laughs> yeah really it is um so that means that um they just want to just they just want us to transport the things that they do into the wider public and communicate them in a way that fits the way that we think about them right yeah. so for example specific features designed with these trade-offs for these reasons so it helps if you don't just present the features like this is what it is yeah. because then some people are like well but it's not the way i want it to be so you're <laughs> stupid uh, which always happens like whatever you do in software sure. there's always one reaction you get you get so it helps if you want to say like wait so this was the problem that we had and yeah. that's that's the solution for that so to communicate both parts right so when i talk about like uh, a specific kind of communication that means uh, not just leaving half of it out, yeah. but just saying like, no, no, we have this because for these reasons, for example, or these exactly. are the trade-offs. And just give more of a background into that. Give more than just like a superficial, this is new syntax in Java, yeah. but background, you know, ideas for how to best use it. Uh, We're not to use it. That's also important. And so that's the reason why I'm there. Yeah. I'm not alone, by the way. I'm working with a, with a great team awesome uh and so we're there to you know communicate these things to as wide an audience as wants to listen to us
0: yeah or I, really, watch, or I really like that explanation because it it, it aligns with what i've seen right mm. company has a certain goal and the developer advocates kind of advocate for that goal or contribute yeah. towards that goal yeah right and it can also be well a company does awesome stuff that's why developer advocates are on stage and everything yeah but it always aligns with a goal and it can be for kind of people yeah. team right and kind of putting the company out there on a pedestal and being like look we're doing cool stuff with either a language or products or maybe even open source stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, or it can contribute to what the company is doing right contributing to Java yeah and also communicating that basically on on a more advanced level I guess Mm -hmm. than a piece of documentation would because you're taking your your audience with you and kind of explaining the problem yeah uh, and then also showing the solution that you've kind of
1: figured out and the good part about that though is I'm, like i do this based on the same information that the audience could already know so technically a that's what nice. i always tell people like like to do to do the job that i'm doing yeah y- like yeah. Y- everybody can do this really like i don't have like 15 years of like very specific knowledge. some people are like for example java performance that's yeah. like a complicated topic you have to have like years of actual experience in the field to talk about that competently i always joke that most of what i do is just read a public document that everybody could, but very thoroughly, Mm. and then think about and try to think of a good way to present it and then do that, right? So uh, the information that I base this on, all of that is already public, and actually make a point to speak to the developers about this behind closed doors as little as possible. Yeah. So I sometimes ask them something that I didn't understand, but I'm trying not to ask them like, hey, so this is what you wrote, but what did you really mean? Or, yeah. um, you know, where's the strategy going? What are you doing next? And what are you doing afterwards? Yeah. Because that would put me in a situation where like either they, which is a likely case, they're just gonna give me the same answers that you know they give to everybody else because yeah. You better not tell me something <laughs> and like, and that's like, hey, Nikolai, this is the plan for 2022, <laughs> exactly. but you're not, gonna, not allowed to tell anybody. That yeah. would be tough because my role is to tell people, right? Yeah. So um, either I get like a canned reply or they tell me something that I can't share, which would be sad. So yeah. uh, I basically based this on the publicly available information. And uh, so that's something that that's why I did it already in the past before, right? So what happened when I went to Oracle is not so much that the that the mode I did this changed, mm-hmm it's more like okay now i'm publishing the java youtube channel instead of my own java youtube channel where i plan to do something like the newscast before yeah. but like to be to be honest that would have been very tough like sp- basically spending most of every other week yeah on a youtube video with i don't know with like let's even say it takes off and each of those gets like tens of thousands of views yeah like i mean youtube metrics are hard but if people monetize their channel they get like what is it Uh, a buck for a thousand views is that like the rough estimate i think it's less i think it's a buck for 2k views okay something like that okay so so that means like if if you get like a hundred thousand views on the video you get like what like 50 bucks yeah uh, so first of all hundred thousand hundred thousand views on a on a you know on a java technical java v- video it's not that's easy a, it's an all. accomplishment yeah, yeah exactly i agree and then what 50 bucks every other week how is that yeah. going to pay for anything so that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's the challenge there right so um that's something that you know with me being hired with being working uh, at oracle right now that allows me to spend all the time on producing this content that i've really enjoyed cool. already in the past yeah that's yeah. really cool like when they said like do you want to do this i was like man i was like i kind of enjoyed self-employment i don't yeah. want to lie but this is like a big chance and also once again like just uh being able to to occasionally ask this behind the scene question um and yeah. so be able to like clear up a misunderstanding or something like that uh that's a pretty cool tool so i've been basically fanboying or some of the people in the java <laughs> ecosystem who have been working on this stuff yeah and um now they're my colleagues, which is great. And yeah. they, like, they can't run away. like They can't just ghost me because like it's my job to ask them stupid exactly. questions and not have to Listen, reply.
0: I'm so doing my job in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that you said, right, there's no secret sauce. The information, at least for your role, should already be out there. People mm-hmm. can read their own stuff. You're just better at kind of interpreting and, and maybe translating it to a broader audience yeah. than a piece of document would.
1: Yeah, I mean, the documentation and the documentation is there that specifically I saw in Java that's called a JDK Enhancement Proposal, It's called a JEP. And the JEP has a very rigid structure. It says it starts with like a summary, I think, and then the goals and the non-goals and then the problem description. So it's written in a dry way because it's addressed at basically the wider community that is actively involved in developing, not with Java, but developing Java itself. And that's a very specific that's audience niche, yeah. yeah exactly and that they, they don't want to read fluff right they don't mm. want to read my my you know interspersed comments about i can't put the youtube thing on the wall right they yeah. don't care about that they just want to have like the technical <laughs> document of what's going to happen yeah um and that means that not everybody enjoys reading them like to me they read like thrillers like i gotta say like when a new Jep comes out i'm all over it immediately <laughs> that is
0: awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah that's man that must be really cool then yeah you touched upon it earlier but you were self-employed before this mm-hmm. so i imagine you were juggling kind of making money and, and doing this stuff on the side, right? <laughs> yeah. Giving back to the community in, in videos or blog posts or even doing yeah. podcasts like these. How how was that balance? Because I can imagine that sometimes yeah. it must have been tough kind of having all these ideas for blog posts and not being able to execute yeah. like you can now.
1: Yeah, so, well, I'm still in the same situation because I still have more <laughs> ideas that I can actually work on. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's definitely right. And the, um, the challenge there, I got to say, like the challenge really for me, and I was in a very fortunate position, was always just it's the mental challenge of how to i how do i do all of these things so i myself am satisfied yeah. i was one uh, i was lucky enough to not have never have doing my uh, self employment uh to be you know having to worry about money a whole lot okay so uh, first of all i only have to spend half the the household income or yeah. I earn half the household income because my wife's working as well so that's good because that puts the base lower and actually i'm pretty sure that if i would have provided the whole household income i would probably not have made the jump to being self-employed okay because initially um you know sh- sh- can i can i explain a bit like how this started and then we go yeah. into uh into sure. this balancing act so uh I went off, came out of university, I think 2010 or something. Then I went on a, on a trip to South America. I came back. I was like, <clears throat> shit, I got to work. now." Uh, <laughs> I always thought I was going to stay at university, do something there. But it turns out that this, as I said, I'm procrastinating a lot, sitting in your office, working on a thesis for three years without anybody caring. That's, not, yeah. I'm not, that's no way. Can I do that? <laughs> it's like, OK, what do I do now? The only thing I know is programming, apparently, because I studied computer science, so what the heck? I'm going to become a programmer. So I applied for jobs as a Java developer and like it took me like this like i was like i yeah. realized and i realized that a couple of months later dude even during university you really enjoyed coding why did you never consider this a career i actually that is, that is re- hilarious <laughs> i never took it seriously i always okay. thought like i'm going to do like this high-minded complexity theory stuff and coding mm-hmm. is just like something i do on the side yeah. so i never took it seriously as a career when i had to, had to do it yeah. it turned out it's fun because like for somebody who likes who's procrastinating a lot who cannot like work with this long cycle of working for months yeah. and then getting feedback that's that's a problem for me. But the short feedback set of coding, like something doesn't work, I have a problem instantly. Yeah, and then instantly. it works a couple of minutes later, or even a couple of hours later. And still today, I get out of my chair I'm like, yeah,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: it works. Like on the, the train here, victories. yeah, on the train here, I finally got something to work because uh, I was coding a bit, and I was like, I said, yes. So <laughs> I still have that. that. That's really great. So well, that, there
0: it goes away, I think.
1: Uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah, because that was that's fun. uh And so that's so I realized like, hey, coding is fun. And so then immediately started like I realized I no nothing and like i know the java basics okay but there's tons of stuff within java i still have to learn and then but there's also so much around that like what what how does unit testing work what's yeah. a build tool what does cd CI mean you know how does git work like there's so many things oh, that yeah. are and it's ever growing yeah exactly yeah. and so that took me years to learn hmm. about well learn i'm still learning there's still <clears> tons of stuff i don't know but just to get the basics in and i consumed all of that mostly from blog posts and then a couple of talks yeah. and i was so impressed by all of these experts like sharing their knowledge like freely online that was yeah. that was really cool like for a time I don't, you know, I don't want to say heroes. That would be a little bit too much. Yeah. But I was a little bit like like a like a fan of being a band. Like these guys, like they're doing that, they're doing so much work. Yeah. And it's just for free. I was really impressed by that. And so at some point, of course, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can do that. Well, yeah. Why not? I think yeah. <laughs> I've been writing a bit in the past. So that's I know I can do that. So sure. So when Java 8 came around in 2014, I started to uh I was I was that was the first time I was a bit ahead of a curve. So mm-hmm. a couple of months before it came out, yeah. I was interested in it. I found blog posts by people who were even more ahead of the curve than I was. Yeah. I read it, understood it a bit, downloaded my first early access build, and I still remember we were in South Africa on a vacation at that time. I still remember one day uh, <laughs> I was out, my wife back then, uh, yeah. uh, my girlfriend. She was out uh, in the town doing something. I was sitting at home, uh, and I, we were sitting, we had like we rented a flat that looked over. Uh, the ocean okay i remember i was sitting there like this <laughs> on yeah, my laptop coding on the side. <laughs> exactly because nice. i want to like i want to understand how these arrow things these lambdas work and that was that was weird to me i wanted to learn that so yes. i spent a day on that and that was so that was really cool so was that a conscious decision because you were you were kind of getting ahead of the curve right no it was not at all okay no i was just curious so it was just curiosity Yeah, yeah awesome most of that is because as soon as i start putting something on a plan yeah the procrastination starts immediately <laughs> like it's, it's it's really bad it's like i want to do this let's put in the calendar now i don't yeah, want do that it never happens uh okay. so yeah so i like so I learned, I learned that and then i said you know what now i know a little bit about java i started a new job back then mm. and uh, i knew more about java than most of the other people there so i told yeah. them internally like how this th- sorry about java 8 specifically so about the new java 8 features not about java in general yeah uh, i told them about it i started my blog in 2014 started to write a little bit about that and then so okay, so I had a, had this block, and that was fun. So I reduced my working time to only eighty percent to just be able to do it, right? Because yeah. I couldn't
0: do you can, it. You can do both at yeah. full capacity.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to, right? It was not like a strategic decision. Yeah. But I wanted to, and once again, that's also very important. um I was able to take a hit in the present and invest that into the future, even though it was not a conscious decision. That was what happened. And it's very important, like I think, like when it comes to topics like social justice, for example, to understand, like I say like everybody can do what I do. Yeah. But only if you're able to take that hit. I agree. And some people just aren't, right? Yeah. So if I would had to, you know, support a family or just you know support maybe like like a parent who has yeah. medical issues, if I have to just, you know, take care of somebody physically and that takes like 20 hours in the week out of me, I'm not gonna write a blog on the same on the side. I mean, some people do, yeah. it's amazing. I wouldn't. So um, I, I was in a that. fortunate position that I could just reduce work time and had plenty of time over to like, keep researching and keep learning and keep writing. And that was fun. And then this, hey, they're doing this blog thing. I want to do that as well. Mm. That's basically... I, I repeated that I a ton so of times <laughs> so i started speaking at conferences i started a youtube channel i started twitch streaming all over the coming years i started a new news- yeah, newsletter like dominoes on twitter it's, oh yeah exactly like, like one thing followed the next i'm doing way too many things and none of them really good <laughs> really well so that's like that's a problem somebody yeah. if i would want to live off of this like you would be like okay pick like two or maximum three focus, lanes pick yeah. twitter and then maybe youtube and twitch or twi- pick uh, Twitter and then a book and a blog. Sure, something with synergy, right? So do yeah. both as video or both as written, or maybe like do a long form podcast and then also do TikToks. I don't care, whatever. <laughs> like, but pick like two or three lanes yeah. and then just do that. And I am terribly bad at that. Do you think you'll
0: ever get to that point? where you will you focused like that?
1: Once again, the problem is like the, the so the the reason why I do so many different things is. As I said, I have this problem. Like when I have to do the one thing, mm-hmm. I kind of get annoyed and I don't do it. It's and, the
0: curiosity that keeps you going.
1: Yeah, and like if there's, if there's if if you do plenty of different things, there's always something that interests me at something that point. New. So no, like even if it's not new. Like even if it's an existing project, like okay. hey, I didn't work on that project in a while. Hey, I'm, like I want to do that right now. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like I have a like my tasks, if you give me tasks, they have a terrible latency. Okay. But it could be that that I start off with something and it finishes like two years later, even though it's like two months work. Yeah. But I feel like I have a, like I'm not always happy with that, but I think overall I can say like I have a good throughput. Yeah. Because I'm always working on something So like, I don't want to work on, you know, YouTube video, I don't just slack off sometimes, but Mm. you know, usually then okay, let's work on that, you know, that that other website that I was building, or let's work on that open source project. Yeah. And so that's, I think, why to me having these many different channels actually works somewhat, because I feel like there's always something that I can do. If I don't want to write a blog post, I'm going to write a newsletter, which is more informal. Sometimes I just stick overflow and answer questions there. So uh to me for me personally that works but uh, now let's come to the self-employment sure so i reduced my work time as, as a salaried employee and then a uh, asked me uh which is a website based in australia sitepoint.com they do okay. like web stuff a lot so that's what they what's on their site sure yeah and they, they want to build a java channel and they asked me to do that and uh I won't say I failed, but it failed. Like it didn't work. Like yeah. because they want they paid me and they also want to pay the authors. Both of that is really great, but that means then then you have to have enough viewers and you readers need to have a to, lot of to, income. Yeah, yeah, exactly to make that work. And I just couldn't make that work. I'm not sure whether I could have done better. Um, but it didn't work out but that was basically my step into self-employment okay and so the back then it was like they were not paying enough like of a full salary because they only need me like 10 15 hours a week or something yeah for that specific thing exactly and but that was as i mentioned earlier i only had to provide half the income so i was like okay i can do this actually i mm. can just work on that for like 10 15 hours a week yeah. it's enough and then all the other time I can just do whatever i want that's yeah. great so let's do that so i i, I quit and i started doing that and um yeah, so then when that didn't go well, I already found somebody else who was going actually the company I used to work for yeah. uh as a salaried employee, they still threw projects my way. So I could like go back to them as a con uh, as not a consultant. Consultant consults. I was just as a hired, hired gun, basically. Freelancer, yeah. yeah. And so that's how that evolved. And that's then when I became self-employed. Basically every time somebody used to pay me more, and I can only recommend that to you know, if people are self-employed, never say like never say no to a project because you don't have the time always raise your prices until they say no okay. like if you like if you have like okay i can't do this project anymore but they want me to then why didn't you raise prices in the past so like yeah like that's that's the way i try to find the balance okay. so people ask me like for example to do uh, trainings with them like in-house yeah. trainings and i like I obviously love talking <laughs> <laughs> and telling people you know the stuff that i know and trying yeah. to teach them And that's that's just a lot of fun to me, so I really like doing that. But still, it's intense, like telling somebody eight hours about a Java topic. Yeah, it will. And like, it's not you're not going to do anything else on that on that day. And if you do this for like three or four days in one week, like probably the week after, you also like kind of burnt out. Not burnt out, not that bad, but you know you want to relax. And it does pay well. So what I thought, like I was just like every time somebody asked me, I just raised the price, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just so I could find the balance by that way okay and that meant that I actually earned like like for the longest time my my income didn't increase a whole lot just the time that I need to spend on earning it yeah it went down it reduced yeah. so I could spend all that time on the other stuff that I just mentioned and then in like 2018 2019 then the trainings went well as well and they got up so that then that, that's when I started earning actually more than I would as just a regular uh regular line level developer yeah um but that was like five years after five years of basically taking a pay cut yeah. for the fun of it, and then it's but at that point also it became a difference in in what I was being paid for. I was paid for freelancing before, and they didn't care that I had a blog. Exactly. But later the companies at the trainings for they, they also didn't care I had a blog, but they wouldn't know me if I didn't have a blog and speak at conferences yeah. and have a YouTube video that they could look at, or sometimes they would listen to a podcast. It was that self investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that paid off, and like I was lucky in that way because I did those things because I wanted to, and yeah. then i'm lucky enough to work in a niche where if you're competent people are willing to throw money at you there are many yeah. many areas where that just isn't the case so it's was like basically it was a series of um of decisions that i made basically out of out of like short-term interest yeah that fortunately paid off because i'm in a in a in a, in a field where a lot of options present themselves yeah. opportunities present present themselves and so yeah so that worked um pretty well and then i was uh doing you know as in the end like 2018 19 this thing as a, and, and 2020 as well mostly uh as a trainer and then like this balancing i really came into it like i mean before as well or, already like um I, I like i never had to worry about not having enough enough income from a from a from or not enough um customers yeah to pay me but still i would do like a full week training which pays well yeah and i would come home feeling like oh crap like i didn't publish anything in a week which is a stupid thing to feel. Yeah. But then the other way around, I would go to a conference, which is mostly unpaid. Like if like they usually recompensate you for travel, but that's it. Right. So you spend like three, four days. And it's a fun thing to do, definitely. Sure. Uh, but you're coming out if, if 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 you're lucky, if you're not holding a keynote or something, you come out net zero. It's an investment. So, yeah, yeah. So after four days, well, as I said, like I mostly did it for fun, but yeah, yeah, it's also investment. But if you come out with net zero, then you're like, well, wow, they give so money as well, right? Yeah. So and then there was so freelancing a bit. So I could actually like work like for training day, like you make an appointment, you go there, right? You yeah. can't just do this from home whenever out you want. Yeah. Right. But if you do um if you also do freelancing coding work, you can come home, and be like, okay, you know what? I can still squeeze in like four hours of coding yeah. just to, you know, earn some money. And that was weird. And that thing came basically like, like that. That, that kept pushing me. And you, if you read my newsletter, you can see that. I was like chewing on that. Like, how do I combine these things? At some point, I realized all these content things that I do, they work as advertisement for these other services I provide.
0: Yeah. So, 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 now, cool.
1: yeah, it's, yeah. so now they become beneficial as well. But still, how do I balance that? And if that's what they do, shouldn't I then be more focused on like a single thing? Exactly. Push that forward. So like, I don't have like 3,000 YouTube subscribers, but 30 or 300,000 because, you know, if people pay me for training, if one out of, I don't know, 10,000 subscribers has interest, then of yeah. course, more subscribers means, you know, more potential customers. Exactly. And in all of those thoughts, I really didn't know what to do. I decided, you know, one thing I need to do is like, just at least before doing anything else, like just coalesce my brand. Oh God, okay. it's horrible. But yeah. I, was, I was like, I was at different names on different platforms yeah. and I just used like a regular WordPress site, which was annoying me already. And I, was, I had a hard time presenting people with all the stuff that I do.
0: Yeah.
1: And to do that well, I felt like I need to create my own website. And so I paid a company for some design, which they did a really good job in. And then I, uh, over all of 2020, I wrote worked on my one website, which yeah. uh, it's just text on a on a page. So you mm-hmm. would think it's simple, but there's lots of stuff hidden for myself or usability uh, from from on my end. Okay, just to make it faster. Once I've written the text of a blog post, to put everything else on there, yeah, and to have my you know have my talks in there and. And all the talks that I, so all the talks i ever gave with links to all the slides that i ever had used there are yeah. all in there and all stuff that i a lot of that or made it simple for me the data entry part like exactly. i was at that conference when was that what was the link to the Just video one hub of you yeah basically. exactly yeah i did that over 2020 and then i was like you know what in 2021 i'm going to start big with like okay now let's really focus on this content style i have now this central hub that i can present yeah. let's put front and center that I'm, that I'm offering trainings let's do this and oracle was like or you could work or, for us it's like yeah bad yeah, idea I'm just like, <laughs> like no let's do that yeah. and so uh yeah that was really like um the chance to have just like to do this really full time yeah and then also as i said like just working with the people who work on or uh, work at oracle on java yeah right so once again i only use the word heroes that's overblown but yeah. i still like i, re- I really like like the work that they're doing i'm really really looking up to them in a technical perspective i'm really interested in their opinions and i love talking to them yeah so that was a big part of the offer so i think if another company would have offered the same deal meaning the same money for the same job i don't know whether i would have taken it exactly. so being able it, to it work with to these horrible, people I maybe like, yeah i'm not yeah. sure but like yeah. it's at that point that made the decision definitely easier to do that yeah and they reached out to you basically yeah, they throughout all your uh yeah they saw you out there Obviously. Yeah. That was crazy to yeah. me, by the way, because I still felt like I'm just some dude, right? I got like a thousand people reading my blog a day, which is not a lot at all. Yeah. People who want to live over of that stuff, they get like 10 times that number. Sure. Um so or they need 10 times that number. I said I had like, like two and a half thousand YouTube subscribers. I have, I don't know, I had like eight thousand or well, maybe twelve thousand Twitter followers. So yeah. all those numbers were like if you look at those from the from the person from, from the standpoint of somebody who has neither of those channels, those seem like high numbers. Yeah. And I'm like, it's it's not easy to get there. I'm proud of that I had them, but they're nothing compared to what you need if you want to live off of exactly. that. Like, you, like the amount of, of visitors or of viewers or followers yeah. you need to be able to, you know, sell them enough books that you can actually make a living off of that, or, yeah. you know, just picking books as an example. That's huge. Like, it's really, it's really a tough. Like, if you're just like reading blogs to estimate uh, how much time and how much effort goes into that and how much, like, because if you just, like I do, just reading a blog post, I don't, you know, there's no transfer of, exactly. of value in that other way. I'm just yeah. consuming that. Um, and how few people then, you know, buy a book or whatever. Yeah. And so those numbers need to be huge. I was nowhere close. So I always compared myself to the people who do that. I was like, you know, I'm not there. Yeah. And I so that. That's why I felt like a small content creator. Okay. So an oracle reached out. I was like, are, are you sure you got the right yeah, number? Exactly. Like, I, I mean, I was, this, Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that's that must have been an awesome feeling
1: yeah that was pretty cool yeah but also yeah. like the, the the sorry uh the discussion was not easy because i still want to do stuff on my side though right so it was exactly like, you know like i don't want to like be like all Oracle. all in yeah uh, i want to put stuff on my website i want to put stuff yeah. on youtube channel uh but they were very accommodating so really it was very very cool yeah. yeah
0: i think when it comes to the software engineering community if i can call it like that
1: there's a lot of knowledge sharing
0: right mm. even on all the platforms that you're you're on um there's knowledge sharing in numerous ways yeah there's people that have more subscribers than others but like it's it's an ocean of knowledge basically for anyone that wants to attend or learn from it yeah but I don't think it's for everyone right not every engineer is going to make a blog post they might make some or or whatever Uh, but I don't think it's for everyone to do so yeah I think everyone has kind of their own way of knowledge sharing in a way for you it's apparently it's everything (laughs) (laughs) which is completely fine but I just want to preface that Right, what we're saying is not going to work out for everyone. Right? You really yeah. have that drive to make and create content, yeah, which is awesome, but I don't think everyone has that.
1: Yeah, no, sure. So that's very important, right? This is not just technical interest. If it would just yeah. be the part that I'm technically interested, I would just read the Jeps as I do now and you know, keep it just to myself because exactly. that's interesting to know. I also have this drive to share that. Yeah. And uh, you know, whatever deficiency uh, <laughs> that comes from, that's <laughs> definitely something you need. Actually, that's one of the struggles that I have. So uh, yeah. a company I used to work in in Karlsruhe, it's called Dizzy, uh, they there like there are great people working there yeah. and they are having like i mean it's at this point like 150 people maybe working there yeah. uh so it's not like they're not netflix right so not solving those kinds of problems but still they they are they're solving like you know like like decent engineering problems okay. so just today I had a chat with a the friend who's still working there um he used um, this, uh, so there's a plugin that can visualize the relationship between your classes in Java. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, hey, do you want to melt your CPU by using this plugin? Because the joke <laughs> is the code base they work on is so large that many like many tools that were like, hey, this is a cool tool, yeah. they just fail because because of the size. So they have just challenges like, you know, doing that like regular development processes because Maven, for example, or whatever build takes like a long time if you're building like two million lines of, i uh, sorry, two million lines of code. Yeah. So, So they're doing interesting stuff there. But most of the people just are just interested in the stuff. And when exactly. I was still working there, that was frustrating me because I want to get the You need to write a blog post about that's so amazing what yeah. you're doing there. Like, yeah, they were always like, yeah, yeah, I should. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, you know, the Simpsons show, no, I'm gonna write gonna that with that. an invisible <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That never happened. Because I didn't have the drive to share. And that's yeah. fair enough, right? No, that's not like that's the only way or that's even a good way to be happy. Yeah. Um, but it was frustrating to me because I felt like this is an interesting thing. I would love to read that or watch that or whatever. Yeah. I'd love to learn that from somebody who did it but it's tough to get them out there and that's i think actually an overall problem that maybe developer advocacy creates in a in in a community uh, as javas is at conferences you're mostly seeing on stage i'm not i'm sure whether mostly is correct Mm. but a lot of the people on stage specifically the ones who are more high profile are actually people who are like me being paid for being there for being visible for sharing the stuff that they know but these are different, this is a different kind of knowledge and a different story than somebody would tell who's been working with this, like in the field. So in for example, field. I'm up yeah. there like, hey, Java 17, all of these great features, aren't they amazing? What is always missing is I feel a talk like a year later, like, dude, I listened to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like a war story based <laughs> yeah. on And uh, I yeah. did this for a year now, and here's what I learned. Exactly. Uh, and that's that's a perspective that is I'm not sure whether it's missing entirely, but it's just hard to come by because yeah. I mean you can't be both. You can't be somebody who codes full time and also somebody who speaks a whole lot. And yeah. usually people who don't give a lot of presentations. I mean, some people are just natural yeah. talents, but most of the people aren't. So most people who just work 40 hours a week on coding and don't have uh, you know, just don't have the 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 um the experience of just regularly bring presentations, they're not gonna give the best of presentations. It's exactly. like the thing you gotta learn. That means they like at a big big conference, they're not gonna be like, well. We don't know that person yeah. <laughs> yeah we never read a blog post from her let's he just put her history. on stage of a couple of hundred a couple thousand people yeah so it's hard you know for them then to get get that talk in and then maybe speak at a large conference so there's always this mis- mismatch where if you're an established speaker yeah um it's easier to get like a large audience and it's not like it's not important what me and these other advocates or evangelists or whatever you want to call them have yeah. to say. But then the the other part of the story, or there are probably more parts than yeah. just the other one, but that, that other part of the story that then is much harder to give the same limelight and give it the same like kind of attention because it's also less like it's less flashy, it's less interesting. It's more like it's much more nuanced, for example. It's much easier to say, like, hey, this is a new feature, this is why it exists, this is how you use it, this is why you, this is how you don't use it. Yeah. So basically it's something like a basic instruction. That's much, much easier than okay, so in practice, yeah, exactly. like these. 133 situations that I want to categorize now to make to tell you how well it worked and didn't work. So that's yeah. I think that there are many challenges with that kind of content, but I think it's needed. I think it would be would be great to have more of that. And the get, good way to start probably is like local Java user groups, so if people are interested in though in in, in starting and presenting or giving uh, starting with, with with articles. It's it is easy to start in the yeah. sense of if you can put in the time and you have the inclination. Then it's not hard to start. Exactly. But you know, you, you have to do have that to start. But if you don't, and once again, like you're right, we have to say that like explicitly, because <laughs> it always feels like you know we're talking about all these things like they are somehow paramount, they're important. If you don't do that, you're losing yeah. out. Totally not the case. If you're just working yeah. uh, your job, that's first of all, it's just a career. Yeah. It's just a job. It doesn't have to define anybody. So people just, I know I, some of my colleagues at, back at DC, they were like, they like the, the idea of sitting down at home mm-hmm. like hours on end. And learning about Java stuff would be like, this is like I'm being paid for this, so I'm going to do this forty yeah. hours a week, and they did their job. You know, well, they just came with, with with enough competence to do like a good job. Okay, it's not an excellent job, but not everybody can be excellent and don't have to. They yeah. just did a good job, and they left. And you know what? They were relaxed. <laughs> yeah. They had like a good, they had like, you know, good, good life balance. They didn't, you know, write a blog post at two in the night. Yeah. So uh, that's perfectly fine. So that, that that's very important to state. And then also like, even if you're doing like excellent work within like, and you're growing and you're learning and you're uh, doing like really cutting edge work. Yeah. Even then it's fine to just do the work. Right. Uh, no reason to, uh, to have to be, to run around talking about it. Yeah. But I still like listening to it. <laughs> so it's
0: good if people do run around talking about it. I think you can combine that, right? Maybe the developer advocates with the war stories, maybe together. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds like you could combine such a thing and yes. just kind of bridge that gap in the middle.
1: No, seriously. If a company like Dizzy that I just mentioned, they yeah. would hire somebody like me. I, that would be like a trove of knowledge. They would just go around, be like yeah. sitting next to somebody who works on something interesting, observe them for a couple of days, try to work with them, tease yeah. out some of the information, and then I'll be the one. Wasting my time writing a blog post while well, they can keep solving the actual problem. Exactly. So, uh, but that's that's uh, I think a tough ask for many companies. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, now because it's so hard to get uh, to hire developers, to, yeah, there might people. actually be an angle there, because that's
0: my theory that we're seeing more developer advocacy yeah. because it's harder to hire in that way as well.
1: Yeah, I think like yeah. So as we said earlier, right? Developer advocates can do different things, but yeah. one of the things they can do is present your company as a company that does cool stuff. Yeah. And even at Dizzy, that work we started a blog. And um, well, I I talked them into starting a blog. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so um, there were people like in interviews. They're like yeah I've, I've seen your blog and not in the sense like because it was not a widespread they didn't like find it independently yeah but they were looking at companies to 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 apply to okay and they found dizzy and then they looked like okay so what are they doing right they did their due diligence and looked a little bit into the company they found the blog and then they read that they like hey cool that, that's what they're working on yeah. that's interesting oh they're, they're doing that so they could actually learn a bit you know from the couch about the company they're going to uh to apply for yeah. and not just like the marketing spiel, right but people writing you know stories, the war stories like okay so we, we this is how we they face problem X and overcome it. So for exactly. example, I wrote like a 3 part about code reviews. Nice. Uh, about how we did this, how we came to decide what our challenges was. So we had a really great, uh, and, and I, when I say we now, I'm still stuck in that mind frame. I mean, the before Oracle time we, so that's yeah. all that, most of the we's I said was about Dizzy. Uh, that that great uh, team chemistry where people really liked working together. And they were like, you know, if we institutionalize shitting over other people's code, is yeah. that a good idea? So we maybe I n- was it thing wasn't like a okay. like a good thought to have. Maybe we don't want to do code reviews like where that kind of like tension can come in. Yeah. So we thought about that and we tried to find a way to address that. Exactly. Do you want to do code reviews for correctness? Then it's more like experts or seniors reviewing juniors. Yeah. Or do you want to use it as a coach uh, as as a, as a knowledge sharing tool? Then everybody reviews everybody. So we set out. Had a couple of like things that were important to us. That's how we that's how we formed the entire reviewing process. And then I wrote about that. And that's one of the war stories that I mean. I think that's a very interesting uh blog post to read that comes after the one where like code reviews are great, yeah. which you know somebody on big stage tells you about. And then this is the one, like, look, this is we actually did this. These are the this, trade-offs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the trade-offs, exactly. Present the trade-offs. Um and so that's that's the kind of what i'm talking about and that was yeah. that gives other people a chance to learn about the company and then if you're like doing a really good job then maybe they actually that's the first time how they hear about the company right yeah. like at a conference or because they they actually find your blog posts on google uh, which is insanely hard of course <laughs> right like landing yeah. on the first page of google is unless the topic is very specific it's not easy but if you yeah. can manage that people will actually like imagine hiring somebody or like being as a company one of many companies who want to hire that specific developer yeah and uh, she already knew your company have because she's been i know working in a space that you're working in, has been googling uh problems that has already landed on your blog like once yeah. or twice found you yeah she was like oh wait i know those guys they're doing exactly. a good job so, somewhere
0: somewhere in there
1: there's a little yeah. bill that's going off yeah with exactly the name yeah yeah you need a couple of contacts right like i like it's, yeah. it's marketing like you can't just tell somebody here's a book and they will buy the book yeah i like i think what is the number it's like seven the magic number so mm. i need like a couple of contacts with something usually before they like make a decision, yeah. And if one of that contact is like a not marketing material but like an actual real life help that they, that you provided, that's great. And I think like I'm not once again I'm not sure whether developer advocacy is expanding, but if it actually is, it would not surprise me, and it would also not surprise me if that is a big driver. Yeah. Just like making sure to tell the world just that what the company is and how it works, and just present cool stuff that you do so that other developers can learn about they can hear about they can think about it before actually thinking about okay i'm looking for a new job now exactly right yeah. it's
0: it's kind of especially those war stories mm-hmm. um i think that's just spreading the knowledge right if mm-hmm. you have those same kind of decisions to make you can already read about people that have done that yeah and you don't have to make the same mistakes or you can learn from them and still make your own mistakes yeah but then at least it's out there right at least yeah. you can say well we knew that but it was a, a conscious effort i guess yeah i think in that way it's it's a really cool community that we have yes definitely basically.
1: yeah so like as i said the amount of, of knowledge that you find online is, is crazy and specifically those traders those are the most interesting things so of course when i, I code reviews as an example yeah. again first i don't want to read about all the traders first i want somebody to explain to me why what this thing is and why it might be beneficial so it gets me interested but yeah. later then uh, like seeing the trade-offs and then also as i said like seeing their mistakes do mm-hmm. seem like okay they made this decision because for a reason i don't have that reason like my, my, okay. in that situation i'm different so maybe other people are like well we're fighting over code already anyway so when we start with code reviews we don't have to factor that into our decision yeah. but they can maybe see okay so instead of just seeing the result like this is how we do code reviews they can see which reasons uh um led to specific decisions exactly and then I can say this is a reason i have oh that makes sense oh no this is the opposite of what our situation so i would probably do the other thing yeah uh so and not just with code reviews but of course with other things like I don't
0: know, microservices i mean there's a there's a plethora <laughs> of things out
1: there always yeah. right and and you're never going
0: to be an expert in all of those fields so there's just too many yeah so if you can share and and learn from each other that's yeah. the way we can grow basically as community as well
1: yeah really like I, i'm not sure what i'm not i don't know how there was in other fields I'm not I, sure i also we, don't know that i know thing. whether we're singular yeah like it's some. It's, it feels a lot like software development is singular in many respects but i'm very i don't uh it's english word i don't, I don't trust that analysis a whole lot because no. i think like we technically yeah. we, we, like usually people feel like they're in a situation that's that that's more special that's categorically different from that. other situations other people's situation yeah i'm not sure whether that applies but i don't know like is there a big like i don't know dentist blog post scene out there and dentist youtube yeah. i mean I'm not like people making dentists making youtube videos for exactly. other dentists Is it, that it a could thing? be i think I mean, maybe, I've, maybe
0: i've seen one of those youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> it could be but I, I think how does that work yeah, like I so what's what's the, what's the what's the is there like life coding life dentistry on twitch know, I've, <laughs> I've seen those i've seen those massage things and they just crack your back and stuff <laughs> but we're we're very much deviating. Yeah. I think on the note that the developer community is awesome and they're just spreading out the knowledge and yeah. love. I think we'll round off the episode there. Yeah. Any any last words, any last things you want to say?
1: Any last things I want to say. Uh I uh, uh you should have warned me <laughs> yeah what do you mean uh like then th- th- i would have to come up with something clever now oh uh, no like, no nothing, no i didn't Nothing like, clever to uh, damn. okay good like i can i can do nothing clever that's that works uh, <laughs> uh okay. follow me on twitch and twitter and youtube and my website it's all X on Nipf- all of these platforms oh, i saw
0: i saw your youtube shorts and they were like hey i'm X, but
1: you can call me Nikolai." <laughs> yeah man that's stuck in my head <laughs> yeah that, that that was my goal, but I realized it's bad for a short because a short <laughs> has to start with the content or with the boring part. I, I should have ended with it. I also was going to give you that <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. On that note, if
0: you've made it to the end, either on YouTube or on Spotify, any of the, uh, the other podcast platforms, leave us a review or leave us a comment, say that you made it. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you on the next one. Nikolai, parlog, everyone. Thank you. from your sponsors Zebia creating digital leaders